Hey kids, you are about to listen to a comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. So if you need medical advice or, or medical care, just contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith. You already know what it is, Jock Boys for Life. Introducing your host, Dr. London Smith. Hello, and welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, DrLondonSmith.com. I would like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We've received some feedback about the excessive amount of technical medical terminology that I've been using, such as tuberoinfundibular pathway and shut up fatty so I will attempt to simplify my choice of words in the future. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Hi, Dr. London. Hi. So when Cameron heard about secret handshakes, he began asking people to hand theirs over so that he could learn the secret. Uh, and Cameron, so I don't, I don't quite follow that concept. Well, uh, why are they keeping it from me? I guess that's what I what I don't what I don't get about it. Because everyone's sorry, got like this uh, these like secret handshakes going on, and like I'm not I'm not involved. I guess no one's asking me to have a secret handshake. Okay, so you just want to be a part. Well, I just want to be lit in on the secret. If there's money to be made here, Doctor London, I really need it. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry. So to clarify, a, a handshake is the act of shaking someone else's hand with one's own, and it's yes. used as a greeting or to finalize an agreement. And so, yes, a secret handshake is just sort of a personalized one that that you make up. Uh, it even appears on the Jock Doc Podcast logo, actually. So I'm not really sure how yeah, you could learn if- a secret from it. But Dr. London, Dr. London, Dr. London, if I can get to the bottom of this secret, what's down there? You know what I mean? What's what's at the the X that marks the spot? It's got to be gold, right? It has to be. Well, I just I don't I don't see how there could be a secret in it. Like I don't All of this is irrelevant because I'm not shaking hands right now anyway. Right. Because of the, you know, the stuff that's been going on and going around and. You know what I'm talking about. Touching people right now. Because of the, you know, the kind of virus that's been going around lately. Okay. So, I I know you're worried about becoming ill, but. Yeah. No, well, that's why if you shake hands and then practice hand washing after a handshake or use antiseptic, then that can prevent well, the transfer. Do you see what I mean? I get it, but I'm actually 
I'm actually just trying to catch it on my own terms. You know what I mean? I'm not going to trust it from somebody else, but that's why that's why I'm eating right now on the podcast because this thing that's been going around, I kind of want to catch it, kind of like how you catch chicken pox and then you can never catch it again. Well, And this thing being, of course, diabetes. I've been really, really stressing about it. It's been in the news a lot lately. And I think the solution is to kind of help my immune system is to catch it. But I don't want to catch it from someone else because I don't trust it. I want to catch it on my own. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, and to clarify on this, so so diabetes is, you know, it's a problem with insulin, either, you know, production or sensitivity in cells. And people can get it from a certain lifestyle and becoming overweight and that kind of thing. It's not, you're talking about it like it's a virus, but no, I'm just it's trying a, to get it. I'm disease. just trying to catch it to get it over with, Doctor London. And so, actually, diabetes usually progressively worsens. You don't. It's not. It's not something you can catch and then finish with. And then, yeah, once I'm once I'm once it's over, then I won't have to worry about it again. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. And declare just trying to even, do that. Even a uh, chicken pox actually it doesn't go away. That's still in your system, and it's the same virus that you know, will later cause uh, shingles. I don't know if you've then heard why of that. Have I been touching, why have I been touching all of these chickens? I, you're asking me why you have been touching chickens? Anytime I stroll past a chicken coop, I always am going to, like, try to touch as many chickens as possible. Because I thought right. that was helping my immune system. No. What no, is the point just... of any of this? That's sort of just unnecessary exposure. I've been playing in the mud. I've been touching as many chickens as I possibly can. I've been eating like hell. And you're yeah. telling me this is all for naught? I don't I don't think it is helping you, no. I like diet and exercise and frequent washing frequently washing your hands. Those kinds of things can help you, you know, stay and avoiding free. handshakes, like we established. Well, I would say for the handshakes... Because I do want to get sick, but just not from another person. That's gross. Yeah. All right. Well, also with us is DJ Dylan the house. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. None of this is medical advice. Need medical advice. None of this is medical advice. None of this is medical advice. Nope. And later, Cameron tells me that we can expect a special guest, so look forward to that. Before we move on, though, I would like to address a bit of listener feedback. So this listener feedback comes from a piece of paper that was tied to a brick that crashed through my window last night. Quote, when your kids are misbehaving, you got to wrestle them to the ground and put a saddle on them like you would a horse. Yes. That's how they know that you own them. End quote. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners uh, for this insightful question on the Jock Doc podcast. 
We do love to hear back from our listeners. To answer your question, um, there are many approaches to parenting, but saddling a child for the purpose of displaying ownership is a fairly atypical one. And so, so I cannot, you know, I unfortunately cannot endorse this method. Well, it didn't crash into your living room. It kind of swung in there. I just wanted to clarify that. Swung? I, I wasn't looking when it came in, so, but the window crashed was my point. Like, it, it broke the window, and the sound was a crash. And how do you know what it sounded like or what it what it was because i i understand the difference between a crash and a swing and that was clear it was swung in there it didn't crash into your living room you're 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 being dramatic i you think i'm being dramatic because it just go on just continue okay well in any case so we can't endorse that method of parenting because it could harm the child. Aww. But once again, thank you for your question, and thank you for listening. And now for a tale from the hospital. We had a 75-year-old patient who had fallen off of his horse and broken his femur. He noted that this had happened before, and um, so anyway, after he fell off his horse, he then scooted on his back for the length of two acres in order to find help. He developed a, an infection post-op, but he ultimately did well. While asking if he has anything in his medical history that might be relevant you know, to this infection and the post-op issues, uh, he noted that the post-op infection is similar to when his helicopter was shot down in Vietnam and monkeys threw feces at him. He developed a bad infection then too and asked if this could be related to his current infection. Um, I, I told him that it was probably not. Real, I right. would, I, I would actually say that if that happened to me, almost any if infection I got after that point would probably point back to that moment, right? No, I mean not necessarily. I feel like once I've been attacked by monkeys, I would say most of my life problems could point back to that. Well, so in this instance, the and with any of these operations and infections you're looking for things that could have gotten into that wound and yeah. so it's more of a the problems in the present than in the past that would be applicable does that make sense no dr london i'm saying if i couldn't even get into a six flags i would probably blame the monkey thing okay almost everything would have to point back to that so if you ever had something traumatic happen to you at one point you would it not just feel the burden of that, but you would attribute future, any any incident in the future to that one experience. Most of those incidents are going to be infections. Let's be real, knowing my history, right? I Most I, of the big events in my life are infection related. I think that's pretty clear. Well, but mostly due to your own actions. Well, that's neither my, my my own actions caused by the monkeys from my past. It doesn't matter who is at fault here. What I am saying is that most of the Facebook memory, like uh, life achievement goal things on my Facebook feed, uh, most of them are, are based on contracting and getting rid of various infections. Whereas a lot of people might have like their wedding, the birth of their child, 
mine is mostly the foot thing is back. Yeah. The foot thing is larger. Mm-hmm. The foot thing is louder. It grew back. I cut it off. Yeah. The foot thing has its own foot thing now. Yeah. Wow. It's still, that one was. The foot thing that, still has a Twitter account, right? The foot thing, it's not really a Twitter account as much as it is sort of a like a like a live journal that he hooked up to a Twitter account. Right. So the only thing that it tweets is its posts. Okay. And its posts are mostly complaining about its own foot thing. Okay, so so I guess we can't recommend to our listeners to follow that. It sounds like it wouldn't be that good of an experience. All that to say, like should I be touching monkeys as I pass them? No, no, please refrain from, you know, t- touching any wild animals that you encounter. Well, I mean, how wild is it really if it's wearing a hat? Uh, wild. It could still be wild even if it wears a hat. You can put a hat on okay. on a lot of things. Does that That's, make sense? Hey, that is true. That's valid. All right. Now for today's medical topic, atrial myxoma. An atrial myxoma is a benign gelatinous growth, typically pedunculated, which means that it is attached to a sort of stalk or stem, and it is usually arising from the interatrial septum of the heart in the region of the fossa ovalis. So that is the upper middle part of the heart on the wall that separates the two upper heart chambers. It is the most common primary cardiac neoplasm. And neoplasm is a term for a new and abnormal growth of tissue. Uh, although benign, atrial myxomas can embolize or break off from that stalk leading to metastatic disease, or the atrial myxomas can cause relative valvular dysfunction. Clinically, atrial myxomas prototypically present with fatigue, fever, syncope, like fainting, palpitations, and a low-pitched diastolic... You mentioned relative dysfunction? Uh, Relative valvular dysfunction. That would explain a lot about a lot of the stuff that's been going on with my family. If we're talking about relative dysfunction, if you're saying that's a heart thing that co- that's causing it, then it would make so much sense. Okay, I should clarify on this point. Uh, when I use the term relative here, I mean it's in relation to the topic that we're talking about. So it's, re- it's uh, dysfunctional relative to the normal valvular function. Does that make sense? I mean, just I like I remember the time when my dad ran over my grandmother's four-wheeler with his own four-wheeler and kind of the strife that that caused our family. And thinking it was hopeless because of my relatives dysfunction. But now knowing that it was actually a disease all along and it wasn't just because he shotgunned like a six-pack right went buck buck crazy well i i don't a lot of sense and i wish i knew that before i'm growing a lot from this podcast dr london thank you okay well i i guess there is some some benefit in at least empathizing with their situation even though i can't say whether or not it was a heart condition in any case, um, atrial myxomas also uh, can present with a low-pitched diastolic murmur 
that changes character with changing body positions, and this murmur is sometimes known as a diastolic plop. Treatment is typically surgical excision. Are you are you wanting are you wanting me to make a joke on plop, Doctor London? Are you wanting me to to riff on low different noises and different positions or whatever? No. One of them being a plop is that is that the goal here? You're trying to bait me? No, I that's the name commonly used. The term applied to this. My father ran over my uncle's skateboard with a four-wheeler after shotgunning a whiskey bottle. And to know that it was a disease all along. And once again, I really can't say whether or not he had a heart condition. That's... at this, I mean, we know he doesn't have a heart at this point. I, because after he passed and those grave robbers dug him up, that was the first thing they took. Is they go for the heart first? I guess something was scooped out of there. You mean out of the grave? Well, yeah, and out of his body cavity. Huh. Okay. Th- this sounds like a whole extra mystery to solve, but I feel like. We can just move on from there. All right, Cameron, you said that we have a guest today. Is that right? We absolutely do, Dr. London. All right. Uh, hello there. Uh, hey, how how are you guys doing? Hey. hey. Good. Uh, my name is Dr. London Smith. This is our producer, Cameron, and you're on the Jock Doc podcast. What was your name? Uh I'm really excited to be here. It's John Smith, but hey, my friends call me Quarters, so just just call me Quarters. Okay. Call you Quarters. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. like nickels, dimes, and quarters. That's right. Like like quarters. It it uh I, like okay. The backs. So I I I got it. Uh, it was based on like uh all the quarters that I stole from my mom's purse growing up. Okay. Oh wow. So you're a you're a man of loose morals. Um. I, I I mean, I was. Uh, I, I don't know if I still am. I mean, I don't steal quarters anymore. Um, so I mean, you just I, have your nicknames. Yeah, for it's just, yeah. it was it was something that I did as a kid, and uh, you know, and it's something you were so known for as a kid. Well, yeah. I mean, I you know you I know you guys are. I I I, I think I'm, you know, probably twice your guys' age. Uh, you, you might not be aware, but that, you know, one point in history, uh, kids were really excited about getting quarters because it meant they could go to the arcade and play video games. And so, yeah, the fact that I always had quarters kind of stood out. But you were famous for stealing the quarters. Yes. Yes. So this was, so I, I I guess I'm just trying to figure out at what point did your friend say, this is your nickname now quarters. This is because you've stolen so many of your mom's quarters. I just don't see that happening. It kind of sounds like you gave yourself this nickname. I I, I resent that implication. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, it was absolutely given to me by my friends. Uh, it, it would be happening when we were at the uh, the video arcade, and they would not have any quarters, and they would come up to me and hold out a dollar bill and say quarters. And and I would give them quarters. All right, I, Dr. Allen, can I talk to you in private real quick? 
Yeah, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, we okay. should. Dr. London, so first of all, this dude's a thief. I've got a shit ton of quarters in my pocket right now, Dr. London. Now I'm really worried about them. Yeah, well, they were jangling a lot. You keep shaking your pants around, too, like dancing. Well, yeah, I like the noise that they make. Yeah, so I it it, it was hard not to pick up on it. And so. secondly, so we've got a we've got a thief here as a guest, and he's a liar. He's trying to convince us that he didn't give himself the nickname Quarters when obviously he would have had to, because otherwise, how would his friends know that he stole all these quarters from his mom? I am pretty confused that stealing because stealing from your parents is a secretive thing usually, but he he must have done it enough to get the nickname. Anyway, let's let's. Well, yeah, back. and his friends just thought that was like so awesome, so awesome that they start they calling him that yeah. no there's no way that's true all right let's get back to yeah it. i can't remember how we got this guy on the podcast okay so um so quarters we can you yeah. know it doesn't matter how you got your nickname or whether you had friends uh I I, I I mean, I absolutely had friends i mean they would come up to me with these bills all the time and say quarters quarters and and i would give them quarters did you ever think that and this is just a, a general question here. Were you supposed to make change for people? And was that just a request of theirs and not necessarily a nickname? I, I mean, like they, you're, I did work at the arcade. So, yeah, uh, I mean, you so, know, that was part of my job. But still, I mean, everybody was calling me quarters all the time. I, I, I took it as a nickname. They never called me John. Yeah, did you have a name tag or anything saying John? Uh, I mean, it was a pretty low budget place, so I don't, I don't think I did. Right, it was a long time ago, but I, no, I don't think I did. And these were okay. your closest friends. Well, I mean, they were they were friends. They were people. They they were people I knew from the arcade. Yep, colleagues of yours. Uh, so John, I, I mean, I, you know, we were kids, so colleague is kind of a, you know, I mean, I mean, we went. Some of us went to the same school. Mr. Quarters, I do have to ask, why are you here today? Oh, uh, well, it, you know, as it happens, it ties back to the video games. Uh, I, I'm here because I'm hoping to uh, get your help in producing a new medically related video game. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Well, I actually had an idea for like a medically related video game that Oh, I'm all ears. Uh, hopefully you're not hopefully you're not stealing my idea. Um I honestly, I mean if you mention it on this podcast which is uh being listened to by I'm sure, you know, some listeners, uh then it's going to be pretty obvious I couldn't just steal it, but I would absolutely give you credit uh, you know, somewhere buried in the game, uh, which would be great exposure for you. Okay. So, uh. okay. I, I've got a pretty good idea and that I'm, that I'm pretty proud of. I, I, mine is called Defibrillator Hero. Uh, okay. Is it like Guitar Hero? Yeah, you use like a defibrillator peripheral that plugs into the machine. Then you take your friend and then you just kind of shock the hell out of them. You know, just like you just hold them down and you just go zoom, zoom, zoom. Okay, I love the idea. I love where you're going with it. Um, would this be done to music 
Uh, I mean, you can listen to whatever you want. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care. I don't have control over that. Well, I, I, I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, there are other games uh, uh, that that are similar to what you're talking about. Are they in that they have instruments that you play for the video game, um, but they're uh, they, you know, the game plays music, and your objective is to play the instrument in time and push the right buttons with the game oh yeah no see the objective of this one is to save your friend's life so your friend is about to die because of whatever you just injected in them or whatever i haven't figured that part out but your friend is on the brink of death your goal as the you know defibrillator hero is to save your dying friend that's dying before you okay okay i see where you're going so my question on that one are they dying in real life or just within the game, the video game? I would say, I mean, I would say both. If you're dying in real life, you are sort of always dying in the video game too. Yeah. Because I mean, if you die, if you die, then you, that is definitely like a game over. You're done with the game. I, I think, I think that's a great point. I mean, in today's world, you know, video game technology is advancing by leaps and bounds. Virtual reality is becoming very prominent. I, I think a, having a virtual reality game where you shock your friend and they experience real electrical charges uh, across the chest or wherever you place the, uh, are they called paddles uh, in the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that would be uh, very lifelike and realistic. Yeah, and I think I think bringing your friend to the brink of death even before starting the game to make the actual goal have real stakes is sort of the thing that we kind of have been expecting out of VR. You know, we want this to be real life. I, I, I kind and of augmented a... reality and mobile games. Here's the thing about and it, strategy games. It sounds like what you're Not to mention describing, RTSs. Cameron. RTSs, yeah. It sounds like what you're describing. If you had no actual video game aspect, you're pretty much just poisoning your friend and then using a defibrillator on them and it it doesn't sound like a game it just sounds like you know Mm. attempted murder it's sort of like a multifaceted alternate reality game slash augmented reality game slash mobile uh virtual reality experience yeah you know uh i i really i respect your medical experience but i i mean it's clear that you're not a video game player are you he's not a gamer I I dabble a little bit. I've played a few games, but nope. no, Doctor London's not a gamer. He has never once thought of shooting up a school. Never once. Wow. I, I don't understand that. How can you even claim to be a casual gamer if you haven't, uh, you know, uh, ripped off a prostitute or shot up a school in a, in a game somewhere? Yep. Yeah, I guess you know. I'd, I'd say I'm more of a Nintendo kind of guy. You know, something that's a group game that you can you can get to know someone else while you play. It's a fun group interactive thing. Um, I I mean, even those games are extremely violent. I mean, even even going back to the early Nintendo days with like Super Mario World, have you not noticed what Mario does to all those other characters in the game? I mean, he jumps on them and squishes them. Tom Nook is a slave owner. Uh, Cameron, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that game. Can you elaborate? From Animal Crossing, the sort of uh, 
landlordy type of uh, guy that you get a loan from in every single Animal Crossing game, Tom Nook. He's a slave driver. Huh. Yeah, I'm, I I honestly, that is one of the games that I haven't played, so I'm not familiar, but I, I do believe you. I mean, if you're borrowing money from someone in a video game, it's it's a well-established video game rule that money lenders are slave owners. Absolutely. So, okay. Quarters, I, I want to hear a little bit about uh, your game. Right. Okay, so the, the game that I'm proposing as a, as a medical experience game um, is something that will teach uh, about the, uh, the benefits of radiation. Uh, the premise is that your character, it's a, it's a first-person, kind of a cross between a first-person shooter and a role-playing game. Your character is a survivor uh, who's been living underground for several years uh, after a nuclear holocaust, and he... <clears throat> And it's a, it's it's a, it's referred to as a safe, um, and so you've been living in this safe for a long time with other people, but uh, I haven't worked out the premise yet. For some reason, you leave the safe and you emerge in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and there's radiation everywhere. Like everything, the, all the food, all the drink is contaminated. You know, you encounter different people. Some of them have been mm-hmm. affected by the radiation and, uh, you know, and have, have developed super strength or, uh, like, you know, immortality. Uh, and, and, and I mean, because there's some physical side effects, but overall, I mean, obviously, clearly positives. And, you, you know, you kind of go around this area uh, helping the community out. I So this game doesn't sound all that medical the way you at least the way you're describing it here it sounds like maybe for one thing it sounds familiar i think i've i think i know this game i i Uh, i I don't know how you could have um it's a completely unique concept I, i i disagree that it's not medical i mean a big feature of the game would be that you know from in various places you you might get injured and you would find things called stim packs and they would restore your health so that's clearly medical ah like a stim degree yes exactly see dr london well there there is a game out that's famous for being sort of in a post-apocalyptic wasteland uh those are referred to as the fallout games but even if, even regardless, no, of I, I don't see the similarity at all. Well, yeah, there's no, if, there's no little like blonde guy giving a thumbs up or whatever. No, we absolutely would not have that. Well, so one of the other aspects of so, so radioactivity will cause you know things like cancer potentially, and it, it's well, not like maybe like a maybe like a like larger in some places. You know what I mean? I I. I well, like I mean, a tumor. I, 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 yeah, I think I, you could I say think that. I dis. I mean, I, I. Okay, uh, you know, I've, I've spent some time on the internet reading about radiation, um, and also reading a more extensive literature uh, about what radiation can do. And I, I mean, it's well documented that radiation can trigger all kinds of. Uh, beneficial mutations like super strength or invisibility Mm -hmm. 
or, uh, you know, I mean, just a number of these things. Okay. I mean, it's, it, there's lots of literature out there about this. There's... Taste test, taste test ability. You're able to, anything you taste, you're able to pick apart the ingredients. So, uh, you know, I'm not familiar with that one, but I, I certainly believe it. So I think the literature that you're My referring dad, to. My dad, he can eat any flavor at Baskin Robbins. And if you give him you know, like three or four guesses, he'll be able to get pretty close. Wow, that's amazing. I, w- I wish I had a skill like that. I mean, that. Can we put that in your video game? Um, I, I think, yeah, I think it would be really great if the. If that would be one of the uh, benefits from the radiation that the main character could choose to adopt, I mean, that's going to okay, be great. Part part of the uh, the medical aspect of this is that you get to choose your mutations, and uh, you know, not everybody might want the same mutations. I mean, we don't want to make the game you know monotonous and boring. But this is the sort of medical realism that has been missing in a lot of video games, wouldn't you say, Doctor London? Yeah. Well, I. Here's here's the issue I see with it. You say that there's a lot of literature that covers this specific topic of these effects of radiation. I the only literature that I know of that is emphatic and documents that kind of thing is fictional literature, like comic books, um, you know, superhero kind of things. I mean, they were superheroes, yes. Didn't at one time uh, scientists and doctors say that the Earth being ground was fictional? Thank you. Uh, before the modern age of medicine, they said the past doctors said the uh, the Earth being ground. That's a fictional book. So how about that? And, and I would point out that there's there has been a tremendous amount of fiction uh, that has turned out to be based on reality. Mm-hmm. Moby Dick. Absolutely. And so, I mean... Big whales. You see whales all the time. There are whales out there. So who's to say that these, what you call comic books, which, frankly, I find dismissive, you know, aren't actually, you know, real literature about the benefits of radiation. Or or Oliver Twist, right? Orphan Boy. Right. I mean, orphan boys are real. Okay. And I should clarify a point here that just because... They are, you know, from a work of fiction doesn't mean that there are aspects within that work of fiction that are, you know, based on reality. There are orphan boys in real life. Uh, If we go back to the super... Do they want more? And sometimes orphan boys are hungry for more. Okay, so it sounds like we're all on the same page here. Well, I just want to clarify one point because this does seem to be something you're skipping over here is that just because aspects are based on reality doesn't mean that some of these um, other parts, like for instance, the effects of radiation on a, a human body, some of those parts are taken to exaggerations. So instead of in the comics, instead of causing cancer, they will often cause, you know, superpowers. Yeah. Like super cancer. Right. Or spider strength or, Shooting webs out of your wrists, sure. Any of those? Yeah, things. I mean, spider strength cancer. You've got super strength cancer. You've you've got the uh, kind of stretchy ability, you know, cancer. Right, X-ray vision cancer, yep. invisibility cancer, all of those cancers. Right, but I, I, okay. So I think, Doctor London, I think I get what you're saying. Um, one of the challenges in dealing with some works of fiction. 
uh, or what we call fiction is that they haven't happened yet. Um, even though, you know, a lot of things have from fiction have happened, which I think is pretty, you know, good is a pretty solid establishment that, uh, uh, you know, fiction becomes reality. I, I think what your objection here is though, is that it's since it's not actually been proven yet, even though it will be, uh, that maybe you want something a little bit more uh, historically established, something that we can point in and say, yep, that was in the past, that really happened. Would that be more to your line of thinking as uh, one of the game producers? Sure, and I, I should clarify, if it's just a game, you know, then it's fine. It's just if we're going to call it, you know, something that teaches us medicine, then we can't, you know, it has to be factual and evidence-based. Well, I well, I know the whole uh, point here is to create a medical game. Yeah, and and part of this agreement that I, I this sort of slipped my mind. I forgot to ask you about it earlier, Doctor London. Is that you are going to be on the cover of this game, giving a thumbs up, saying I approve of everything in this game, and everything in this game is real. Okay. Right, and also um, you can you can play this game and be smarter than your doctor. That's one of the things you're going to say to endorse it. I'm sorry, quarters. Did you just say that I have to dye my hair blonde for that? Yeah, and and you know, dye your hair blonde, give that big thumbs up, right? Are you? Yep. That sounds a lot like the logo for that that other game that seems very similar. And you're just gonna no, say, that's that's clearly a cartoony character. We're talking about a real photo of a real person. Real feel photo of a real f- person with a few Photoshop effects on top of it that make you look like a maybe like a drawing. And you're gonna say everything in this game is medically accurate. I stake my career on it. Uh, you know, Cameron, I'm going to have to give you credits for uh, the the arts and graphics now too. So well done. Oh, thank you. Well, quarters back to what you were saying. Let's hear about this other. Hopefully, it's maybe a more medically relevant game. You said something historical. Right. Uh, so okay. So another way we could go with this. Um, so again, you know, we want this to be an interactive game. So I'm still thinking first-person perspective. Um, but let's set it in the past. Let's say that you are a uh, person who is wandering around a large, expansive, uh, historical time frame where, you know, like the, there's really not much technology. Uh, you know, you might see windmills. You've got horse and carts. Um, you know, certainly like blacksmithing and such. And, uh, but you know, I mean, but then, then this is a time period where there's still magic. And so you travel around this land and you meet a bunch of different people. And, uh, it turns out that your character, um, is descend is, has something called Griffin born, which means he's able to speak the language of Griffins and, uh, uses this power to sort of fight off an invasion of Griffins. Um, but you know, where the medical part of it comes in is that he would use like bandages to heal wounds whenever he gets injured, you know, all kinds of uh, opportunities to heal oneself, um, because of the, you know, the damage that would be taken. Okay. So, so here's the issue I see with that game is that it doesn't really sound medical at all, except for the very small point, which is present in a lot of games as far as i'm aware where they use bandages to heal themselves 
because in these games characters get hurt they get hurt i you know what I, I forgot to mention probably the most important point because of course historically when we still had magic a lot of the magic was used for healing too. okay well and this this doesn't help us that much because you know magic is not a regular part of medicine today a regular part modern. of your practice because you have not learned it you've not, you've not trained in that aspect of health and medicine right dr london well in our you know western american you know uh, evidence-based medicine uh we don't really use magic don't really study that so much i i'm 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 really shocked i'm so at, sorry at quarters the, just the blatant racism in that that just that whole western centric that whole western centric like you're dismissing entire cultures uh that that, that have you know tremendous senses of spirituality and magic in their history and 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 you're all about this whole western centric i mean wow okay and i guess i should clarify there that this is since you're appealing to to me as a medical practitioner uh i'm trying to just you know tell you what context i'm looking at it from so you could probably you could maybe get an endorsement from say a witch doctor or you know someone at least you're acknowledging that witches are doctors i appreciate that much so i'll give you some credit for that but you don't think mages are doctors too dr london i don't regularly encounter mages but if they don't have, you know, a doctorate, a degree, of course in medicine, you don't. You don't get out of your little rich person bubble, do you? I mean, seriously, the the, the privilege on this one, I, Cameron, I, 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 I don't, I don't even. I am so sorry. It's just his elitist snobbery. I, it, it's constantly like this. I, I think, I think we need to move past it and just deal with what we got here. Okay. So how how can we assist you in in making this game a reality? And endorsing it fully. Well, I, I mean, it, it it sounds to me that like Doctor London has another problem with my ideas, but uh, you know, so I, I have others. But I mean, the, the the core thing we're looking for here right now is a, a, a basically funding for project development, and that's where we were. You know, since we're doing a medically based game, you know, we were really hoping that uh, you know this very well-to-do elitist doctor uh, with his extensive, uh, you know, uh, debit card uh, could, you know, fund the project and and, and be a cont- contributor uh, to some of the ideas. And I, I am here to, to tell you today, Quarters, I'm very excited for this partnership. Um, I, we not only are going to Help fund your game by donating okay, no. $1 per pixel in the game. Wow. But we are that... also going to produce it under our own company, <laughs> under the Jock Doc Gaming Branch. That's, uh, I, I, I mean, that's, that is more than I was hoping for, uh, but I am, I am very happy to accept that offer. Uh, this is, I think this is going to be an exciting project. Okay, now, okay, Cameron, don't, don't take out the contract now. We want to talk about this with lawyers and things. Yeah, just go ahead I, and sign here. And actually, you can I don't, just put any number you want in this box. 
Just any um, number you want. Okay, so let me see here. No, I look, I don't want to I can't medically endorse this. Um direct access to yeah. Dr. London's garage, it says right there. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, which is great. We need a place for the developers to uh, sort of, uh, you know, we we need a new workspace to be able to get them all uh, in with their computers. I mean, we'll probably be working like 18-hour days and just sleeping right there where we work. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think uh, $25 million with a uh, with a with an option for another 10 okay. in case we go over budget. Okay, I let really me don't. let me let me talk with my with 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 my doctor and let me let me see if we can uh negotiate this deal. Dr. London, this is a steal. We have to take this offer. This is no deal. Zero chance. Dr. London, we have to take this 25 mil. Someone else is going to jump on this. Did you hear his medical ideas? I for We're going to be teaching people medicine through ways that they actually care about magic and stuff. And once again, and that game he was describing sounds a lot like Skyrim, which is a very popular game that already exists. Yeah, but with none of the medical expertise that you're going to be bringing to the table. Yeah, it you sounds think we should like offer him more than the twenty-five million. It sounds like my medical expertise will not be brought to the table. It sounds like he already decided how much he's going to use. Buddy. Hey, hey. Okay, I see what you're worried about now. You're worried that you're not involved enough. But you're going to be on the cover. No one's going to take that away from you. That's not involved enough. All right, let's raise. Okay, let's raise the price to 30. No. Let's bring it to him. Okay. Quarters. Quarters, my man. Hey. Ooh, you drive a hard bargain, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have to offer you, kind of give you a counter offer here. Uh, uh, I'm hopefully, listening. I, hopefully I, you won't uh, be mad. I'm prepared um, to negotiate. Okay, we're we're willing to go to thirty million. No. Okay, no, I. I'm gonna need to think about that. Okay. Ooh, I hope we get them. Okay, well, it's, come on, you know, quarters, we can just buddy. call it for now. We can finish now. Um. I think we've I think we've got enough here for I, th- I think we've gotten all the medical knowledge that we'll get out of um you know our guest quarters here. I I you know I I tell you what Cameron you drive a hard bargain uh you really do um but I I think the value that you're going to bring to the project Cameron as the uh artistic uh with the artistic credits and also, uh, you know, creative contributions that you've already made, I I, I think that's going to be well worth it. So even even though Doctor London's, you know, he might be a little bit sketchy yeah. on this. I think we can work with him. We can work okay. with him. We can make it work. All right, we can make we it- can make it work. <sighs> okay. Well, I think that's that's a good enough time to call it. All right. Well, thank you to our guest uh, quarters. Uh, for being on the show today. I, pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to working with you both. All right. Mainly mainly with Cameron. Absolutely. All right, and uh, is there any way that... Pew, 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 pew. That's me gaming, buddy. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, now i got to put you on sound effects. Now i got to put you on sound effects. <laughs> yes. Is there any way that uh, listeners can reach you or follow you after this yes that's uh quarters at completely not a copycat game.com again that's quarters at completely not a copycat game.com 
Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you to Quarters for being on the show today. Thank you to Cameron as well, our producer. Yo, yo. Thank you to Digital in the House. Yeah, you use like a defibrillator peripheral that plugs into the machine. Then you take your friend and then you just kind of shock the hell out of them. You know, just like you just hold them down and you just go zoom, zoom, zoom. My name is Dr. Lennon Smith.com. This has been the Jock Doc Podcast. See ya. It is misty all around you. This mysterious fog is so thick, almost like it's hugging you. You try to hug it back, but it says, Nuh-uh-uh, and giggles a little. This, of course, infuriates you. So you reach for the baseball bat from the hidden pocket of your skinny jeans and begin to pummel the fog with it. The fog yelps in pain and recoils. When the fog clears, you realize that you're at your friend's baby shower and have destroyed the gifts. Everyone has a hearty chuckle over the matter. Speaking of hearty chuckles, don't forget to leave your five-star review of the Jock Doc podcast in which you describe where on your person you keep your handy baseball bat for beating fog. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the Jock Doc podcast with a friend or foe. You can send them a link to your favorite episode or just send them our handy website, jockdocpodcast.com. And don't forget to take a peek at our posts on social media. We are at Jock Doc Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>